You're about to hear the 3CR Community Radio podcast of In Psychedelia. For more information on this show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the In Psychedelia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or find us on our website. afternoon this is in psychedelia on 3cr community radio digital and streaming and also on your dial 855 am this is our 50th episode we've been on the air for nearly one year now coming up very close to our first birthday uh 50 episodes we are now podcasting um we've got uh, lots of exciting things on the horizon including our first event that we're going to be uh, uh broadcasting at but we have been to a lot of events and been record uh, recording a lot of things uh so uh happy half centenary to us <laughs> 3cr has been broadcasting for 50 years this year and we're celebrating with events throughout the year uh you tuned into the middle of our annual radiothon and this is the time where we ask you to reach out to us financially and help to keep us broadcasting Community radio is an integral part of the bigger media picture, especially at a time when the likes of Murdoch now control around 70% of all TV, radio and newspaper across Australia. We're here to give voice to those who are often left without voice. We're here to tell stories untold, and we're here to provide a different side to stories that often reflect deeply held prejudices or assumptions, whether they be cultural, racial, religious, or about the substances we allow into our bodies. And Psychedelia exists to provide a different story to that told over and over in the media about the psychoactive substances and cultures that grow around them. Other than our gamble alcohol nicotine oligarchy that we hear all, uh, from all too often, and other than the often puritanical abstinence-only movement that hinges itself on often religious conservatism as the primary ideal for human life. We're here to tell the stories that are told behind closed doors, around campfires and dance floors, in the bush or among hushed academics and other professionals who know the force of stigma and legal pain that will befall them if they dare speak against the psychoactive orthodoxy. Our Radiothon show will air next weekend, and we're planning an interactive show for you uh, with some very special guests for you to call in with some questions that you might have around drug policy, harm reduction, and uh, how this all came to be in the first place. So if you've got something burning in your mind, hang on to it, write it down and tune in next Sunday from 2pm. We'll be taking donations live on air for the Radiothon 2 and every little bit will help. The federal election also looms only weeks away now and our podcast is at our program page on 3cr.org.au. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, you can also find plenty of ways to get in touch with us right there. Let's get up to date with the week of news in drugs. And psychedelia news of the week. I don't condone or advocate that everyone should use illicit drugs. I think it's a, a huge decision made with the right amount of research and forethought. Generally. Many of them have conservative mindsets, regardless of their politics, uh, and will just say, oh, well, then the, the, the government are not looking after us, and therefore it seems as a law and order issue rather than a, a social problem that needs to be dealt with on, on a 
public health measures. Drug news from Melbourne and around the world. It was recorded this week in The Guardian that drug overdose is now the leading cause of accidental death in the United States, with opiate-related deaths driving much of the increase. This isn't surprising to anyone that's listened to the show for a while. It's, it's been a big feature of the press over the past six months. Um, but this article pointed out that one of the critical predictors of overdose hasn't really been spoken about, and that's that um, often the fatal and non-fatal overdoses involve at least one other drug. Uh, mixing drugs is generally more dangerous than single substance use, and certain combinations are particularly lethal. And taking opiates with alcohol or benzodiazepine, uh, such as Valium, dramatically increases the potential for fatal respiratory depression. So... There was a um, pretty appalling headline from the Daily Telegraph this week. Uh, the headline was Ecstasy Death Dealer. I won't read the rest of it because that was the uh, relevant part. Uh, and it was a report on the man who was convicted of dealing a young Sydney lady the, uh, the drug Ecstasy, or MDMA, uh, and she overdosed on that drug at a festival last year. The man who dealt her the drugs is eligible for parole after serving some of his sentence. Uh, but apparently the Daily Telegraph is not happy about this, uh, with them being the only ones quoted in this, the journalist uh, not, not quoting anybody else, um, and uh, preferring instead to point the fl- finger of blame solely at the man who dealt her the drugs. Uh, this is despite the calls from medical professionals and experts in the drugs field from across Australia calling on the Baird government in New South Wales to introduce harm reduction policies, pointing out that prohibition causes the majority of these harms and that deaths like Georgina Barter's last year may have been avoidable with better harm reduction policies in place. Um, also on pill testing and um, harm reduction processes. Um, Tasmania's Police Minister Renee Hidding has said that there's no way he will uh, allow pill testing at music festivals in Tasmania. Um, He's um, shut down the Greens alternative budget that advocates for pill testing as part of a big preventative health push. In state parliament, uh, Greens spokesperson Rosalie Woodruff asked the police minister if he would consider it and he swiftly rejected the idea. I think I recalled that the police were in favour of it. Is that correct? Police Association yeah. was in favour of it. And yeah. Renee Hiddings is also the Premier of Tasmania. So There you go. Oh, right. OK. Uh, there was um, wide reporting in the media this week. I, I got this particular article from the Medical Express. Um, uh, in regards to a uh, Lancet study reviewing the effectiveness of 14 different antidepressants for children and um, teenagers, and it found that out of, uh, out of the 14 antidepressant drugs that were tested, only fluoxetine uh, was more effective at relieving the symptoms of depression than placebo, whilst taking venlaxifene was linked with an increased risk in engaging in suicidal thoughts and attempts compared with a placebo and five other antidepressants. Um, it just, it's just another one of the studies that's come out in the last year questioning the effectiveness of some of the common antidepressant medications. And just before we go on to the next article, in some of the other reporting I, I, I heard on it, it, just some of the medical profession professionals were just warning, you know, people not to suddenly come off their antidepressants if they do hear about this kind of thing. It's something that if you do have concerns, you should talk to your GP about it. Uh, Over in the UK now, uh, the mother of a young lady who died recently after taking ecstasy again at a party uh, is begging people to help bring forward information on the person who dealt her the drug. 
This is another example of the same line of reasoning in the Daily Telegraph story earlier, where a modern witch hunt occurs for the apparent uh, person to blame, uh, which of course completely ignores the fact that the victim would have been considered the perpetrator of a crime had they been caught with the drug before ingesting it. In this scenario, the victim and the perpetrator are the same person depending on where society decides or does intervene. This also never acknowledges that uh, perhaps the person was aware of the risks and has chosen on many other occasions to consume an illicit substance, not because they had it pushed on them by some evil drug dealer, but probably because they enjoyed it. Every death is a sad death, and we can be doing more to avoid and prevent these deaths, but going on a witch hunt after the fact is only going to spread the harm to more lives rather than focus on making people safer and better off. Um, a corrupt or unusually strong heroin batch uh, has been uh, found in Sydney. The New South Wales coroner, Michael Barnes, has, um, it's been reported he's been forced to issue a warning to stop any further casualties resulting from the intake of a corrupted batch of heroin. Um, this kind of just brings to light, like, why is the coroner the one bringing a public health warning about about a bad batch of heroin? Why can't we do something more proactive than, you know, before it's it gets to a late. coroner? Too yeah. late. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and he's also warned um, that it's re- rarely pure and sometimes the mix is, um, the drugs is mixed with other drugs and and can cause death in just one dose. It has There have been some reports of fentanyl around there. There's been a lot of reports on that this mm. week. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> oh. uh, Terry Barnes from the Institute of Econ- Economic Affairs in Australia penned a piece for the Herald Sun this week uh, calling out the Victorian government for new laws it's introduced to restrict e-cigarettes as if they are tobacco products. Uh, Terry says, While Health Minister Jill Hennessy believes she's acting responsibly by lumping vaping with smoking, the government conveniently ignores a growing weight of authoritative scientific evidence and expert opinion uh, on electronic cigarettes, harm reduction and quitting value for smokers and bystanders, indicating that while their steamy vapour may be an uh, intrusive nuisance to others, it has almost negligible health risks compared with smoking. He also goes on to point out that various organisations, including the rather reputable UK Royal College of Physicians, have called on governments to regulate vaporisers responsibly, including allowing commercial and regulated access to nicotine for vaping purposes, stating that these products are probably and almost uh, definitively less harmful than smoked tobacco products. The legislation is due to be debated in the coming weeks. Up in Queensland, the Warwick Daily News had a report on uh, drug driving and they um, quoted a uh, University of South Queensland professor of pharmacy, uh, Greg Kyle, talking about how long drugs take to leave your system, something that's dear to your heart, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, uh, The short answer was that it depends, basically. Um, The... The drugs leave uh, the system in a measurement of half-lives and as a general rule of thumb it takes five half-lives for a drug to be inactive. Um, So from an effect perspective that means it can take ten or more days to leave the system. So he goes on to essentially say that um, the test doesn't provide evidence as to when the drug was taken 
you can't say that because a person took a drug, they then drove erratically. So just more evidence from the, the professionals and, I, I guess, the academics to just back up the fact that the current drug driving laws don't actually reflect anything to do with impairment. Seems like we're going to have a while until they change, though, because people uh, like using these arbitrary laws to... To, to beat people down, I think. <laughs> and I think one of the problems is, you know, things like um, our current Premier, um, Dan Andrews' uh, policy for zero deaths on the road. Mm. And so you're going to see more of these heavy-handed measures thinking that that's what's actually going to solve the problem. When we can never really reach zero. We can approach zero, but um, accidents happen. Yeah. Um, at the UN this week, it is the high-level meeting on HIV-AIDS, where the UN has called to end the AIDS epidemic by 2030. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, the people who are most um, at risk of contracting um, HIV-AIDS, that being men who have sex with men, sex workers, transgender transgender people and injecting drug users um, were not allowed into the UN session. Reminds me of another session. um, (laughs) As Russia uh, and a bunch of countries have put up their hands saying that they do not want these groups um, within the session. To exist. They don't want these groups to exist. So in the 26-page document that was accepted on the first day of the session, the session's still going, just kind of like the UN drug session, uh, the, the document's already been Adopted and um, transgender people, men who have sex with men, sex workers, um, and injecting drug users are only mentioned once in the 26. Oh, sorry, in people who inject drugs are referenced three times in the 26-page document. Um, one more for the for this week: the Philippine president-elect. Um, Oh, the crazy person. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, There's been many reports in the media this week of um, his encouragement for the public to help him in his war against crime and urging citizens with guns to shoot and kill drug dealers who resist arrest. Is this also drug users? Like, is he going as far uh, as to say, if you see somebody taking a drug, kill them? If, uh, uh, quote Duterte, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name. If you're still into drugs, uh, I will kill you. Don't take this as a joke. I'm not trying to make you laugh, son of a bitch. I really will kill you. (laughs) He said to loud jeers and applause from the audience. Um, So this is really scary because he's been elected for a six-year presidential term starting in a couple of weeks. Um, And he's also been quoted to say, please feel free to call us, the police, or do it yourself if you have a gun. You have my support. If a drug dealer resists arrest, uh, you can be brought uh, or to be brought to a police station. You can kill him, shoot him, and I'll give you a medal. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yeah, That's... he's out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're, we're laughing because we're not in the Philippines, but we're laughing out of that. I yeah. can't believe... I, I can't believe that somebody is saying that. That's vigilante that he justice. He's encouraging for... citizens to kill other yeah. citizens. And this is not citizens who are about to kill somebody else. This is citizens who are introducing a drug that he doesn't like. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's a matter of tastes, really. And he is on a, a moral crusade of epic proportions. Just for a bit of balance, listening to um, a lot of media as I do, um, they suspect one of the reasons that he's come in is his anti-corruption credentials. Corruption's a big problem in parts of you know Southeast Asia, and yeah. even if he's an arsehole, at least he's a straight shooting arsehole. Maybe the opinion mm-hmm. of the people that voted That's, him in seems seems to be yeah yeah scary. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Triple J's hack program uh, earlier this week 
reported on the case in Brazil where uh, a young man has gone missing, um, Rai Hunt, and it's it's more details have been reported now and it seems that um, him and his partner were at a club taking what they presumed was ecstasy but now it's thought that maybe it was um, one of the Enbomi uh, drugs, which is what's uh, commonly referred to as synthetic LSD. It's a, one of the novel psychoactive substances new to the scene. Uh, Monica Barrett uh, appeared on the show uh, from the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre at the University of New South Wales and um, talked about how Enbomi's are usually taken in a similar way to LSD, um, but if you were snorting lines of it, which may, may have been what was happening, you could end up taking a much higher and unintended dose, um, which has been related to some overdose deaths and problems here and overseas. So just another reason why it would be really good for drug users if they had a way to know what their Test. drugs were. Mm. Test your drugs. Don't take random drugs from uh, strangers at nightclubs. And on the issue of testing drugs, uh, anyone in Sydney this coming week uh, should get on down to Unharm's um, party that they're throwing down in King's Cross at the World Bar. They're throwing a time to test party to raise funds and awareness for the continued push for drug checking facilities at festivals. This makes sense why Will has been SMSing me this week about cheaper drug testing kits. Right, okay. Uh, You're listening to Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM Digital, and streaming at the website 3cr.org.au. What are the basic facts? We are on a planet. in infinite space. We're literally made of the same things. Carbon-based life forms breathe in the air in harmony with the planet. We are literally connected. There are limited resources on the planet. Any system that's detrimental to the planet, fuck it off!
there's going to be a revolution. It's totally going to happen. This is time to wake up.
3CR Community Radio, 855am on digital and streaming at the website 3cr.org.au. My name's Nick and this is in Psychedelia, uh, where we're talking all things drugs. Uh, we neither condone nor condemn the use of drugs here. We're here to understand the issues, uh, the vast number of issues that surround drugs, uh, especially on this lead up to the federal election, only a couple of weeks away now. Um, don't forget as well, it is Radiothon time for 3CR. Uh, if you would like to donate, 3cr.org.au forward slash support is the place uh, where you can go to support us. Um, and next weekend, we are going to be having our own Radiothon day for In Psychedelia. So if you want to donate specifically to us, hold off until next weekend and then get in contact with us. Um, now, in the studio where, uh, this, uh, this afternoon, we're going to be talking psychedelics and religion. Now, this is, um, this is one of the ways uh, that people have uh, looked at uh, in terms of regulation from a legal perspective, but also a lot of people have very sincere um, beliefs around their use of psychedelic substances uh, as a sacrament for their own spiritual beliefs. And one of those people is Greg Kasarik, who's been a long-time campaigner uh, for the uh, legalisation and regulation of a number of compounds, which he calls transcendent compounds. Greg Kasarik, welcome Thank you. Thank you. Awesome to be back. It's uh, always good to uh, come in and talk to you. So uh, let's let's start at the start. Um, you've been doing this now for been doing this since I went public in 2010. Uh, so basically, uh, middle of 2010, I got sick of lying about who I was and what I do and what's important to me, and um, I changed my website, which at that point was pretty boring. Um, which, by the way, is kasarik.com, so if you want to go and have a look at my website, by all means do so. But uh, uh, pretty much over the course of a weekend, I changed it to uh, you know, basically tell the world that I use transcendent compounds. And uh, you know, it's part of my spiritual practice, has been for a while, and uh, I'm not afraid to use it, and I'm sick of being a bloody cockroach. So when, this, uh, when you first changed the website and outed yourself mm. um, as a person who uses psychedelics, uh, what, was the, what was the response that you look, had? Oh, look, it's no response uh, in an overt way. However, within two weeks, the position that I was at, which was casual, um, announced that they were doing a restructure. So I was let go within um, a month of actually going public. Um, and a little bit later, a person actually went into the professional association for the uh, industry that I was working in at the time and pretty much stood up in a meeting and said, everyone needs to be aware of uh, Greg Kasarik and what he's doing on his website. So that harmed Who, your chances of working for well, the that industry? I haven't actually worked in a proper job since I went public. So this this touches on one of the um, one of the issues around uh, if people do talk about their drug use, whether or not it's uh, something that they hold as a spiritual belief mm. for themselves, you are going to receive stigma um, depending on how widely uh, you speak it and in what kind of industry you work in, especially professional <laughs> industries like uh, um, uh, Look, anything got, that's to do can, with treatment or I government. Actually, or... I can actually tell you, I have friends who are lawyers, I have friends who are doctors, I have friends who are nurses, teachers, engineers. I have quite a number of friends who are psychologists. Now, all of these people use 
uh, drugs in one way or another. Mm-hmm. A number of them use them for spiritual reasons the same way as I do. Um, none of these voices are allowed to speak. They're all silenced because if the moment any of them stood up, they'd be deregistered, they'd lose their livelihood. So effectively what's happening with the current prohibitionist um, laws is that the voices that actually know what they're talking about are silenced. Mm. So it's been six years now with only a small bit of work in there. What mm. have you been doing? Uh, on Look, this? to be honest with you, um, it's been very difficult. Um, I've spent most of that time unemployed. Um, back, uh, you know, there's been a couple of periods of homelessness because of my um, lack of employment. Um, you know, I ended up um, having to relocate out into a uh, small country town. Uh, because I couldn't find uh, and afford uh, accommodation in the uh, in the city. Let's get in because you have been doing something over the past six years, and that's developing um, essentially a, a body of philosophy, a body of yes. work around uh, what you believe these substances do. Yeah. Um, and and there's a number of principles that you've uh, you've developed yes, um, over over time. So let's start. And with- we start with the, basically it starts with the uncertainty principle. And the uncertainty principle is that I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And one of the, what, what do you mean the, by that? <laughs> I haven't got a clue what's going on. I really do not have a clue what's going on. Okay, and that, I'll give you an example so, of that. Somebody might uh, be very cynically listening, going, someone might oh, well, be li- that's, that's look, obvious. It's a bit like, yeah, look, and that's fine. If someone, think, if someone thinks I'm totally full of crap, then good on you, um, because I cannot honestly say that I'm not. And I can guarantee that there's, you know, I don't know any other mystic or spiritual person um, who's as open about admitting the very fact that of their own ignorance and um you know to me that's a strength because i don't have to defend anything you know you you, you tell me i'm full of crap you tell me that you know all my experience is just drugs going on in my brain <laughs> who knows they might be however um i have experienced some amazing things both with and without um, the use of psychedelics and this is what happens in the transcendent states um, both with um, transcendent compounds so we're talking LSD psilocybin in magic mushrooms uh, dimethyltryptamine in ayahuasca um, mescaline in powdery cactus as the main ones uh, you step in you use enough of these and you step into a transcendent state where you experience the infinite now the problem is that in an infinite space there is actually no there's nothing definite there is no you can't tell exactly where you are um, and because you can never know exactly where you are, you can never know what's going on. Um, if we look at, say, for example, the major religions, mm. they will tell you that God is X and Y and Z, and as a result, you also, must do such and such. They also might say that they they have, have realised that over millennia of um, <coughs> of careful uh, understanding and careful work toward God. Well, you're saying that um, no, no, take some drugs and you'll understand. Uh, look, these actually, same I'm not things. saying take some drugs and you'll okay. understand because. If we look at the second principle, which is the divine principle, the divine principle says that God can never know his God is God. And effectively, what that's saying is that even if you think you're God, you've still got no way of knowing if you are God. Because, I'm sorry, but spending 2,000 years twiddling your thumbs and killing on a doesn't doesn't agree with you is not a viable argument for the existence of your God. The reality is that 2,000 years is a drop in the ocean, not even a drop in the ocean. It's not even a, f- a bit on the infinite. So in 2,000 years, you know, people have basically said that they know what the hell's going on. But I challenge anyone to actually prove, and this is the thing as well, the whole argument for the divine principle and God not knowing if God is God. Um, I've spoken to philosophers of religion. I've spoken to a lot of people about that. And no one's been able to come back with an answer except for he's God. 
therefore he must know he's God, which anyone who's done even first-year philosophy will know is what we call question-begging. It's assuming the outcome of your answer. So, yeah. Just just quickly, um, you're saying that we – the uncertainty principle, the first one that we started mm. with, you're saying that um, we, we know nothing. But obviously we do know things. We're, Look, we're knowing how to create this broadcasting panel right now and reach into your ears listening yes. at home or in your car, in your so, chair, wherever you happen to be. We'll jump a few principles down and we'll get to what we call a reality principle. Okay. And the reality principle is that science is truth. We happen to be inhabiting this particular universe, and this particular universe happens to have certain laws. Mm -hmm. And the best way that we've come out to figure these laws is science. But the thing is that we that tells us about this universe. It's empiricism. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, you've seen the movie The Matrix. Yes, I think I think we all have. And while you're at it, read Descartes' Meditations on First Philosophy as well, because um, that was where the whole idea for the Matrix really started. In, evil in, demons. <laughs> yes, yes, the devil, demon controlling my mind that um, Descartes used to such good extent just before po- pointing out that the only thing he could actually know was his own existence. So that's a rationalist philosophy kind of approach. But the reality is that none of us can actually prove that we're not in a Matrix. There's been a few um, uh, articles coming out lately from, uh, I mean, even people like Elon Musk. All of these claims, all these religious claims that people say that they've been working on, that's just backstory. Everything that you know is backstory. The real question is, who are you? The real question is, what kind of a person do you want to be? The real question is, what do you stand for? What do you oppose? And it's the same as, you know, it's like opening the first page of a novel. That novel, Harry Potter, for example... That novel has backstory. That backstory is real to the characters, just the same way as our own backstory, you know, the world around us, the news we hear every day, is real to us. Um, But is it really real or is it just part of the matrix? We don't know.
That's from the project Animatronics, which uh, emerged in 2010 as an experimental adventure through territories that evoke tribal, spiritual and enhanced states of mind. And they are playing this weekend um, at Forgotten Kingdom, a bushdoof out in regional Victoria happening right now. And that track is called Inner Tech. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. You're listening to In Psychedelia. My name's Nick and we are in the studio right now with Greg Kasarik, self-described mystic and uh, also uh, talking to us now about a number of principles that he's been developing um, over the years uh, in relation to uh, what he calls transcendent compounds, more commonly known known as uh, psychedelics, uh, like LSD, uh, mescaline, psilocybin, mushrooms, um, and uh, DMT, DMT, or ayahuasca. Probably a good time, actually, to define the term transcendent compound because a lot of people at home are probably sitting thinking, oh, not another term. We've got psychedelics, we've got hallucinogens, we've got all sorts of terms. But basically... Entheogen. Entheogen as well. And entheogen was the one I was going to uh, talk to because an entheogen is a substance that allows a person to connect with the divine. The idea behind transcendent compounds is that those are the entheogens that are non-addictive non-toxic and psychologically safe in an appropriate dose set and setting. So used with respect, they're the ones that aren't going to you know, have all of the normal drug-related harms. Mm. So what we're talking about is knowing your limits, understanding what you're working with, and treating the experience and the situation with respect. And uh, that's pretty much the, you know, the thing. I did, I did see uh, somebody post on, uh, on on Facebook the other day. It was a, uh, a quote um, from an article on symbols and their purpose in initiation in um, secret societies. Mm. And he said, uh, yet with no knowledge of the outer mysteries of loyalty, brotherhood, courage, faith, a sense of mortality, etc., such initiations are akin to giving psychedelics to undereducated, disturbed teenagers and expecting them to turn into artistic and literary geniuses. It's not going to happen. So obviously context mm. is vitally context important. Context is hugely important. And, you know, I'm fortunate in that, um, you know, I got sucked into the war on drugs when I was a teenager. Perfect. I was convinced they were going to turn me a crazy person because when I was growing up, LSD and those, you know, heroin as well, but, um, you know, the, there, weren't, there wasn't a variety of drugs. Um, and LSD was the big evil drug that uh, was going to turn me crazy. And it wasn't until I'd actually gone through university, met some people, done my own research that I realised I'd been lied to. And uh, this is the whole thing. The war on drug users is just one big lie. So we're, we're working down a list of, um, of principles, and I've got mm. um, one here. Uh, we, we, we've talked through the uncertainty principle, the divine principle, and the reality principle. Mm. Um, the eternity paradox. Oh, the eternity paradox. The paradox. You can never know if you're eternal. And that gets to the heart of the one thing that we're all really wanting to know, really. And that is... Is there life after death? Mm. Because at the end of the Do day... Do you have an answer? No. Never, no. Any, I believe, look, I honestly believe that there is. Um, um, I think, um, you know, as a mystic, to be honest with you, I believe I'm God. But, you know, I believe everyone's God. My dog's God. Well. We're all God. You know, the insects are God. Uh, like, know, like that V for Vendetta quote, uh, God is in the rain. In God the rain. is in the rain. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's um, the thing is that uh, mystics throughout the there ages you go, have spoken. And you're listening to God. You're listening to God. Well, <laughs> you, But you're also God, so it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. You know, which is why you can't do God stuff because we're all God. Yeah. Um, and this is how Doesn't we keep. Doesn't mean you have supernatural powers. This is how we keep ourselves entertained for eternity. And any certainty, even for a being that might think it's God, if it's honest with itself, it's still going, okay, I exist. 
What's to stop me from unexisting? And so the eternity paradox is just that pointing out that um, the, the thing that really, really makes life exciting, not knowing if the next second is going to be your last, um, is something that happens to all beings. I don't know if the next second is going to be my last or if there is going to be a last. If we don't have a founding basis for building morality and ethics, then what is the ethical principle? The ethical principle basically is um, act with empathy. Okay, now you could. There is another way of putting it, um, which would be um, probably the, you know you've heard of the golden rule: do unto others um, as you'd have them do unto you. Yeah. Um, basically, the golden rule version two point zero says: do unto others as they would have you do unto them. Um, so the golden rule is in the you know traditional only requires that you understand yourself. The golden rule 2.0, act with empathy, uh, basically requires that you understand other people. You know, do unto others as they would want you to do unto them. So, you know, just because you want something doesn't mean that someone else wants it. Mm. Just because something is good for you doesn't mean it's going to be good for somebody else. Common, common mistake of uh, empathy when you when, when people uh, think that, well, this is how I feel about things and if that person uh, doesn't doesn't like it, I would like it, so they, yeah. screw them. Look, and it's, it's one of the things with, um, you know, if you look historically, um, you know, the dogmatic religions have been very big on forcing people to do things for their own good, inverted commas. Um, you know, mm. so that if you don't believe in God, um, well, actually, we can kill you because you're a blot on the um, on the landscape and your very existence is actually presenting a danger to other people's salvation. So therefore, we're actually morally obligated to kill you because if we don't, then you'll actually corrupt others and you'll send them to hell, which, um, you know, in my mind, worship of the hell god is a significant character flaw. Mm. Um, you know, I think, if, you know, there's, if people worship a god, believing in a hell god, that's unfortunate because we believe what makes sense to us. Worshipping the hell god, mm, that's a bit different. Uh, that says something dark about you. The generosity principle. Generosity principle basically is that helping others helps yourself. Um, and that's that's really more a psychological principle than anything else because research has shown over the last um, you know um, several decades that generous people actually live longer, they're happier, they're more content, they're more self-fulfilled. Um, selfish people, generally not so. Being generous is a good thing for your psychological well-being. Helping others, you know, frankly, in I'm starting up um, Community of Infant Colour, as you know, and I'm sure we'll get around to talking about that in a second, um, but I'm helping people there. That's what I do to find purpose and meaning in my life. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM digital and streaming at the website, 3cr.org.au. Uh, this is in Psychedelia. My name's Nick, and we are speaking with Greg Kasarik, who, as he just mentioned, is uh, starting his own religion. There's a few more principles to go through, but uh, perhaps we, we're... Um, uh, what just finish with the arbitrary principle? Arbit let's, let's finish on The that. arbitrary principle is the one that really caps them all off, and that really reinforces the uncertainty principle. And the arbitrary principle basically is saying that all of these principles I've come up with are an act accident of time and space and location and psychology and if I was a different person living in a different time I may have come up with different principles so you know what I last thing I want is people looking at these principles and going oh if someone doesn't believe them I'm going to go kill them no that's the whole point the whole point is that I don't have a clue what's going on these principles are not set in stone um, some people look at them and I'll take certain ones and they won't and I'm cool with that I know who I am I know what journey I'm on and I'm proud of who I am and proud of the journey I'm on. So these principles sit at the at the base of 
your religion that you're basically studying, the they, community they, of they infinite colour. And the thing is that these principles are anti-dogmatic. Exactly. <laughs> they basically tell you, and it's it's a bit, you know, as I I spent uh, quite a number of years in the army, so I you know did and I did uh, two army recruit courses, one reserves, one with the uh, regular army, and in an army reserve corps, army recruit course, they basically strip your civilian life and civilian being away, and then they reinvent you in a green uniform. Um, and these principles, I suppose, do a similar kind of thing. You know, if you actually look at them and read them, they strip away everything that you thought you knew. And they do leave you floating in space, but they're an invitation for you to figure out what you believe. They're an invitation for you to figure out what you, who you want to be and the path to eternity that you want to take. Far too many people are taking someone else's path through eternity. You know, I speak with people on a daily basis, and it's sort of like uh, one of the questions that I do ask, and listeners, you can answer this question for yourself right now, probably. What's your purpose? You know, your purpose isn't the job you're doing. Purpose is something that carries you through multiple lifetimes over a potential eternity. Mm. Um, so, you know, my purpose is joy. My purpose is bringing happiness and, you know, trying to educate people in terms of that, but um, also you know, inviting people to question so reality. So if somebody's listening right now and thinking, all right, well, you got me interested, Greg. Uh, I want to I know more. I want to I have a conversation with you, maybe challenge you on some of these things uh, and talk about these yeah. things. How can they get in touch with you and, and Community of Infinite Colour? Community of Infinite Colour is, as I said, it's a post-dogmatic religion and it's something that's been started up. Um, really, tomorrow is actually the... First day, Monday. Um, right. mm-hmm. We were we've spent a bit of time. We've got a space in Bayswater, which is um, uh, Suite Three, um, Number Nineteen, Macaulay Place, close in to the train station. Bayswater, just opposite Bayswater Station. Oh, there you go. And as a matter of fact, the best entry is from Station Street because I'm in a space in the basement underneath, which is better access by a laneway, and you can see my little poster on the gate. But um, We'll post a link as well. We'll so post that, a link as so well. I'm look. on Facebook. If you, you'll find Community of Infant Colour on Facebook, and you can find the address uh, there as well. I welcome people to come along and talk to me and challenge me, and uh, you know, if you're curious, come along and find out. Um, you know, if you like the idea of a... You know, and I must confess, I'm not a big fan of the, the phrase psychedelic religion, but uh, that seems to be the one that's... The um, one that's sticking at the moment. <laughs> the one that's sticking at the moment. So um, if you like the idea of a psychedelic religion, if you like the idea of a post-dogmatic religion, if you're an atheist, if you're an agnostic, but you kind of think, gee, maybe there's something out there. You know, I'm actually an atheist. I'm actually an agnostic. Uh, an I'm actually atheist a who heads thesis. up at church. <laughs> exactly. The thing is that as an atheist, you know, I do not believe in the uh, traditional monotheistic God. So as far as Christians and others are concerned, um, you know, I'm an atheist. I'm also agnostic. I mean, the uncertainty principle is the primary uh, indication of that. But I'm also a theist because I can't deny the validity of my own experience. There yeah. you go. You, you've heard it, you heard it first here on uh, on 3CR. We have an atheist drug-taking church leader um, <laughs> from, from Australia. And if you want to find out more, Community of Infinite Colour is uh, the name of the organisation. Greg Kasarik uh, is the man. There is more, much more to talk about, but we have just about ran out of time. So please send him an email. Get in contact yeah. with, with Greg. Test me. You know, ask me questions. Make sure I'm not some screaming lunatic before you do. Um, you know, do give me your support. But having said that, um, you know, I could really use a hand in uh, what I'm doing. I'm about changing the world, and the best thing I ever did, despite the fact, if you look at me objectively, I've been unemployed and everything, and you know, out of work. The best thing I ever did was going public. 
the best thing I ever did was standing up and saying, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be scared. And I, you know, as I said, I, you know, just to, you know, wrap up, I suppose, um, you know, I got arrested on the 19th of April. Um, on Bicycle Day, which is the anniversary of Albert Hoffman's discovery of LSD. And I was protesting on the steps of Victorian Parliament House and I went. they asked me what I was doing there and I said, well, I'm about to take a tab of LSD. And so I got arrested. So I'm going to be taking the Victorian Government to the Victorian Supreme Court um, and I'm going to be forcing the Victorian Government to provide a demonstrably justifiable reason as is required under the Victorian Charter Human Rights Responsibilities Act for their prohibition of the religious practice of 10,000, 10, you know, tens of thousands of Australians and uh, thousands of Victorians. And I think we're going to, um, we're going to have to leave that one on a yep. cliffhanger. Do but that. we are going to talk more about that in the future. Mm. But as I said, uh, get in contact with uh, with Greg, uh, Community of Infin- Infinite Colour. Um, I will be posting all the information uh, on our Facebook page and uh, you'll be able to get in contact with him and have a, more of a chat. Greg, thanks for joining us on In Psychedelia today. Thank you very much for having me, as always. Awesome. In Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, digital streaming and at 8.55am on your radio dial. My name's Nick uh, and uh, in in a couple of weeks we we have an event that we will be um, uh, supporting along with a number of other organisations. Penny, you've got some more details for us? Yes, so the global campaign Support Don't Punish is... um Uh, happening on June the 26th. We are holding an event, however, in Footscray on June 25th, starting from about 11, 12 o'clock. We'll be in Nicholson Street Mall with um, painting a mural, having a photo booth, having the Encyclopedia broadcast, and amongst other things, in a campaign to raise awareness for um, uh, drug policy reform. Uh, Our main call for action for the event will be to call for um, the decriminalisation of drugs and um, to uh, remove spent convictions um, of... um, of on drug possession. Yeah, spe- specifically, there, there's two crimes at the moment which are particularly hard to justify, and that's the, the crime of possession and the crime of use of a drug. We're not talking here about uh, supply trafficking, those sorts of things where you get into complex uh, criminal black market issues. This is simply uh, where, where you have somebody who may have a, a substance use problem, or they may not. They may just be a person who happens to be taking this drug where the law itself can be far more harmful and often is far more harmful than the drug taking itself. So why are we using the legal system to cause more harms to these people rather than do what we say that we're doing and that's try to protect people using the legal system? So that's Saturday, June 25th. Uh, at the Nicholson Street Mall in Yeah, Footscray. we'll be raffling off some shirts to go along with the campaign as well, so come on down, um, sign our petition. And we'll have a lot of guest speakers. Yes. Yeah, guest speakers. We'll, we'll confirm those in the uh, in the coming weeks, but I, I know that there are some uh, some big names um, who will have a lot of interesting things to say. Uh, so we'll, we'll be back next week from 2pm for our Radiothon special. Uh, remember to prepare your questions for our special live panel and put a few dollars aside to donate to keep 3CR Community Radio on the air. Get in touch with us in the meantime via 3cr.org.au and follow the links to our program page where you can also subscribe to our podcast Queering the Air is up next, so stay tuned to 3CR and enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. Uh, also, happy birthday to the Queen, I guess, uh, and enjoy the day. Uh, queens everywhere, and, and people who don't associate with royalty, 
uh, or don't care for royalty, and the vast majority of you who just enjoy having an extra day on your weekend to party camp, spend quality time with family, get out to some museum or gallery you've been meaning to see for ages, do some home administration that's been much needed, or spend all day in front of your favourite show or movie with a cat on your lap and a delicious snack nearby. <laughs> see you next Sunday. See ya. This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints, or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, and head to the Encyclopedia. You've been listening to Encyclopedia, a 3CR community radio podcast. For more information on anything you've heard in this program, head along to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page.